Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Unmade China follows the experience of a Los Angeles filmmaker who finds himself in Ximen, uh, China, trying to direct a thriller um, in Chinese using a translator. He soon discovers the age-old adage that making of a film comes three times, in the writing, shooting, and editing. In fact, the opposite is true in China, where his film is unmade three times, in writing, shooting, and editing, in each uh, subsequent stage of the process, even more excruciating and devastating than the one before it. We're joined today by two directors who were involved in some way in this, in this wonderful documentary called Unmade in China, um, Tanner King Barklow and Gil Kaufman. Gil uh, Kaufman was directing Case Sensitive, a film he was making in China, and Tanner was involved in the making of this wonderful documentary as the director, uh, although they're listed as co-director. Gentlemen, welcome to Film School. Thank you. Hi. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Thank you, Gil. Uh, Tanner, welcome. Hi. How are you today? Well, Very good. Uh, good. Great. Um, first of all, I want to let our listeners know that they can see this terrific documentary, Unmade in China, uh, at the Downtown Independent uh, Theater in uh, Los Angeles. It's a wonderful facility. I've been there a few times. Uh, just think it's a great venue for any uh, to, to see a film. Um, and who, if not one of you, both of you, will be there tonight for the Q&A at 7 o'clock? Right. Both of you, or yeah, both of us. Oh, yeah. wonderful, wonderful! So both uh, Tanner and Gil uh, will be at the screening tonight. It's on. Uh, for those of you who got your Google Maps ready to go, it's at two fifty one South Main in downtown. It's a really great area. They're really developing. It's near the to- little Tokyo and the the design district down there in downtown Los Angeles. A wonderful place. Well, um, first of all, Gil, uh, as the subject uh, of this doc- wonderful documentary. Um, uh, unmade in China. Did you have a sense going there that you wanted to document this? Is this something you had decided long before you left to go make case sensitive, or how did the collaboration between you and Tanner come about in the making of Unmade in China? Uh, no, actually, I was resistant to it because you know I, I know that making a film is, is uh, you know so intensive, and you know, and it, it takes so much you know to focus and attention that I, I didn't want to be distracted, but I kept sending videos home uh, to Tanner and uh, uh, who I've known who works with, who does documentaries, and he was like, oh my God, I've got to come out there, you know, I really should come uh, document this. And I was like, no, 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 I'll, I'm making a film here, I can't be distracted. But eventually we, things started going wrong, and, and at such a frequency mm-hmm. that, that, I, that, I, that I kind of, you know, I, I create and said, come on out, let, let's see what we can get. Uh, but it, but it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't the intention at all, I mean, at the beginning. Well, Tanner, did you, it sounds like you were uh, somewhat eager to get going on this. Was there any reticence on your part to, to go to China? What, were there any imp- impediments in terms of your making this, uh, this documentary? Uh, no, I mean, it was all relatively smooth, but I, I just kind of shut up with Gil and started taping. Okay. 
But uh, but was there anything about the two? Did, did the Chinese officials obviously? And let's get into a little bit about the actual the making of case sensitive for you, Gil. Um, uh, that um, obvious. Did, uh, there's a lot of questions here. I'm trying. To, I want to parse this out, and I'm trying not to give away too much of the plot because yeah, I, I, re- yeah. I really yeah. think it's important for people to see this as uh, as a, a new experience as possible. I just believe that anyway, and especially with this film, I don't want to give a lot away. But um, uh, at what point in the process of making the film, oh, this is even hard to say. Um, when did you get a sense that this was going to be the uh, the experience that it became uh, was it early on? Was it? Um, I'm not asking a very good question here. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to yeah, get to? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No, well, you know, I came out there originally for a bunch of pre-production meetings, mm-hmm. and, and the producer brought me on there for case sensitive. Uh, Seth Fur uh, worked on some other films, brought me out, and we were both kind of uh, gradually, I guess, I, I would say, disabused of, of, of our notions of where this. Where, where, the, where the intentions were all, you know, aligned, that we all had different, that the, the, the people in China had a different intention than what we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and theirs was basically trying to make a movie that kind of propagated more vision of what they saw as a new China. And uh, they would pretty much, you know, bulldoze the script to get certain elements that they thought the script needed, or in terms of the kind of movie that they thought would make money, which is not much different from here, mm-hmm. where people, you know, they want their movies to be commercially successful. But the difference there was it was done under this cultural aegis of, like, this is how it, ha- it has to be done in China, this new China way, and which a lot of times was just kind of apocryphal and kind of just, you know, ad hoc. It was just kind of served up when they wanted to. It was very much convenient. It wasn't really pertaining to what was at hand. Right. But to answer your question, so Seth and I, you know, went back into pre-production, we'd look at different drafts of the script, and we were, like, you know, increasingly shocked by what was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at some <laughs> point, you know, Tana was hearing all this, he came out, and uh, we started filming this. And whenever we thought the movie would, you know, really sink and tank, we always knew we had this documentary we were, we were making that was kind of at least giving us some, you know countervailing ballast or some force, you know, to keep us going. I was going to ask you that question. That's a, thank you. So really the Tanner, you being there, uh, to document what was, what was going on with, with case sensitive was, was gave a, gave some reason to continue with the project. Is that, that a fair assessment? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm also slightly sadistic, so I would take like great pleasure in Gil being miserable. <laughs> So, uh, when things, when, Thank you, Tana. Yeah. When, when things would get really bad, I'd be like, "No, we can't stop. This is too good. I'm not, like, it's too entertaining to watch you, you know, come apart." Yeah. And uh, and and so then there'd be days when he'd want to quit, and I go, "Yeah, but if you quit, what am I? Gonna, what are we going to take? We're not going to have any of that." <laughs> and then when things were going well, sometimes Tana would just sit there, really like hangdog, you know, and go, "Oh, this is terrible. Nothing's going on." I'm like, why? This movie's coming together finally. And, you know, the movie, I, I have to say, in the shooting, the movie came out great finally at the end. Yeah. And once we, once we were in production throughout all the chaos, didn't really, a lot of people didn't know what was going on, so it was left to me to kind of helm the ship, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. And the movie itself ended up well, and I thought, oh, great, I won the battle. But I don't want to give too much No, no, I, yeah, yeah. But then, but then, you know, at the end, at the end, you know, there the, is the whole notion of final cut, I think, is, 
is is inimical to 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 a, a totalitarian state or to where they you know it's yeah. inimical to Hollywood, yeah. let alone somewhere like China. Put it like that. Well, I did want to explore a little bit of the parallels. Obviously, there are some dramatically different dynamics in place between Hollywood and and making a film in China, uh, but there is a degree of. Uh, cronyism. Uh, I don't know. And again, I'm not. I'm not a filmmaker. I'm not in the in the business of making movies in in, in the Hollywood uh, is uh, environment. But is there a is there a, a substantial difference in the level of cronyism that goes into uh, a production in China as opposed to something in uh, in uh, in Hollywood? I, obviously, it depends on independent features and all that stuff. But uh, right. No, absolutely. Well, in this case, this was not a co-production. This this was a Chinese production, yeah. which, is, which is important to 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 italicize us because we didn't have any buffering or cushion or anything. It really was their production, and the cronyism, I think, just became a much greater exponent in that equation. Given given that it was a Chinese production, I mean, this was a movie about an inter- it's an internet thriller, yeah. Which in which when we came to China is when they were kicking Google out. Mm-hmm. So for this movie to actually <laughs> pass by the censors, they had to have some heavy hitters up mm-hmm. there in, 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 in the China film groups to kind of admit this film. It's actually even a, uh, makes this venture even possible. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of people on the set who were direct links to people in positions of power that, yeah. that really allowed this to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think otherwise it would have happened in in some other way. Yeah. And in some ways, it actually helps your production, uh, because in a state, you know, think about it like this: you want a location, someone calls up and say, "We must have this location, this shopping mall." Done. The next day, you have it. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Because yeah. like the powers are very direct, and and uh, if someone doesn't comply, uh, the, the, the the you know whatever the the the, the the, whatever the punishment or whatever the punitive measures will be very direct as well. So it's in their best interest to actually agree. And so a lot of times it, it did facilitate the process. But it also can work against you when it comes to the final edit or to the cut of the film. Right. Well, the, there's the blunt force of, of, of government uh, in play, and then there's the artistic sensibilities and sensitivities that will overwhelm an artistic vision, and I think those are the dynamics exactly. that sound like. Now, exactly. Now, yeah. now we're, uh, by the way, I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with uh, co-directors of the uh, the film um, Unmade in China documentary about the making of a film in China, uh, Gil Kaufman and Tanner Barklow. Um, tell me... Um, Gil, what was uh, the the entire? What was the this project? The length of it in terms of your life? Uh, was it a year? Or a year? What was the time frame for you? On well, in terms of shooting the, the well, film itself or the documentary? Well, no, just getting engaged with case sensitive. The whole thing. Yeah, case with and then it was case sensitive. Started as an American thing, so we had it like set up here twice, and you know did a bunch of rehearsals for America, and when that fell through. Uh, it was very by, by happenstance that it happened to kind of cross into China. I'd known this person that seen another film of mine at a festival, and he happened to be in China working for these people, and he said, do you have any scripts? And that was around, I think, 2010. Mm-hmm. And we finished the film. It, in 2011, it opened in theaters. In June, I think June 6, 2011, it opened in over 2,000 theaters in China. Uh, and then after that, because of, because of all, all that happened in the process and not, you know, there's a lot of things that you'll see in the movie. I decided uh, that I really wanted this documentary to, you know, to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
you know, Tana and I really work really hard in, in terms of kind of congealing it and, you know, just making it make sense and now, come together. Right. Now, now, Tanner, in terms of you arriving in China, um, and how do you pronounce the name of the, 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 uh, the city? Is it Xiamen? Am I saying that right? Shaman, shaman, shaman. How Tanner? What was when you arrived? What What did you say your role was? And did you say we're here to document the making of this? And was would there have been any resistance if you did say that to you doing that? No, we did say it. Okay, they said go right ahead. Really? Okay. <laughs> I just think that that um, I guess because we're in China, no one. I, I I mean I don't think anyone would try this if they were Chinese, because it'd be such a severe punishment. Yeah. Okay. So and I, I guess yeah. they just they were fine with it, and they didn't see anything. Uh, I don't want to say wrong, but they didn't see anything out of the ordinary with what they were doing in terms of making the movie. Well, well, in terms of making films today, almost every movie comes with a making of documentary. Did, do you think that that right. may have been part of? And it's always usually laudatory the way they present this great right. movie that they made and all that. So, do you think that was part of the dynamic there? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and I gave them some of the footage as well to use, you know, for 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 an EPK when they asked for it. So yeah, it, this is just such a fascinating film. I mean, I don't, th- I can't think of another movie. Well, I say that man from La Mancha, the uh, the 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 um, um, documentary about them attempting to make. Um, who am I trying to say? The Brazil, the uh, yeah, the Terry Gilliam. One, Terry yeah. Gilliam. And this is about is this is sort of like that. If if that's a, an apt uh, analogy, right. uh, but it's different, and and it's so different in that the sense the, the the setting is different, and and again, once again, we know so little about day to day life in China, and I think this provides in some way an, an a window into that world that we would we don't have access to generally, and so I, that's certainly of great value to me as as just watching it from that point of view. What is it really like to be in China? And you see these amazing uh, buildings and this infrastructure that's going into place, and just the just the sheer uh, volume of work that's been done in just the last ten or fifteen years there. And it's got to be overwhelming to see all of this in some way. Yeah, it was pretty incredible when we were location scouting. We'd go out into the countryside and different. And it, it, it was the volume of, of these you know, miniature cities or buildings or whatever. I mean, it was, was kind of amazing. Most of them were unoccupied, and some of them were happened, you know, were just sitting there. I mean, it, it yeah. seems like there's, like, almost like this funding for the for the construction that's kind of already been allocated, but the catch-up of the citizens buying or renting or whatever it is has not, has not come there yet. Yeah. So it's like these, these huge, vast areas of buildings, you know, skyscrapers were totally vacant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I'm I'm trying to avoid giving anything away here, but knowing that your film opened in 2,000 theaters in China, you you're uh, that pile of cash that you're sitting on doing this interview from must feel very 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 good to you. Yeah. No. I mean, there were there. Yeah. yeah. The, the payment was a, a real uh, source of of enjoyment for Tanner and agony for me. I mean, because it, it wasn't really about the money. It just kept, they, they never paid you. It wasn't just on time. We're talking about like it was always four months in arrears and never wanting to pay. And and it was just it was just perplexing to me because they, they, we came in like a day or two early. Everybody was happy with what we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no you know, and it's just 
and I was told that that's kind of pretty standard and common. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it made me feel that, that, that there was some odd ethic at work, like if you can get away with it, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> which, just, which just didn't feel right. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it was, uh, <laughs> that was always kind of a, a, a yeah, thorn in the side. Yeah. Well, I thought, uh, Ed, Ed uh, Gil Kaufman, uh, come, you come off as, uh, you know, the, trying to make the best of a, of a situation that is in many ways out of your control, trying to stay focused on the ma- filmmaking itself. And that really comes across and your interaction with your, um, your production managers and all the different people you you're, you have to deal with who don't speak English. You know, just a, just watching you uh, try to get through uh, this is it's. Uh, I hate to say it was enjoyable to, to, to in that way, but uh, just yeah. to see, see your determination. It's a really good documentary. By the way, winner of best documentary at Sydney Underground Film Festival, the Edmonton International Film Festival best documentary, and Bloody Hero International Film Festival. Um, uh, and um, so I, again, I want to let our listeners know that you'll be at a screening. Uh, the both of you will be at the screening tonight at the uh, Downtown Independent Wonderful Theater in Los Angeles uh, for the uh, 7 p.m. screening. And also, I left out. Looks like Sunday as well for the uh, 9:30 screenings uh, of, of uh, uh, Unmade in China. Wow. Uh, well, I, I have to ask, Tanner, first of all, I, I do want to acknowledge uh, your work uh, as in uh, your work on Invisible War. Uh, with, oh, thank you. Yeah, with um, Kirby Dick, as well as uh, you, you did work with him also on um, Outrage as well. Two terrific, terrific right. uh, documentaries, and I, yeah, congratulations to you on, on your work with Kirby. And and Gil and Gil, uh, what have you? Uh, in addition to case sensitive, the pile of money. I'm sure you don't have to work another day in your life. But what are you working on uh, after? Uh, well, case actually, Tana and I are about. We're almost done uh, casting a film. We're going to shoot in Tel Aviv in June, which we're very excited about. Uh, it's a script that Tana wrote, and it's called The White City. And uh, we're heading out there soon to to start filming. Fantastic! Wonderful! Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Um, and um, people want to see Unmade in China moving forward, uh, VOD, or on, go to the, you can go to the uh, Unmade, Unmade in China movie.com to find out more. But if people in the future want to purchase Unmade in China, can they do it that way? Well, we'll hopefully we'll, our distributor will be able to get all that. This show will have launched. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so that's good. That's mm-hmm. all good. I, I, I uh, love I love being part of the launch pad. So uh, um, I um, yeah, it's it's a wonderful documentary. Really did a nice job uh, with this. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Tanner, thank you, know, and and Gil, thank you so much. Uh, we've just run out of time, so. Uh, uh, check out Downtown Independent tonight and Sunday as well. Go to unmadeinchinamovie.com and find out about other screenings. Uh, all the best, guys, and we'll see you again. Thank you again, thank you. And, and, and thank you again for giving uh-huh. us all this time. All right, take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.